Are you shitting on yourself right now? <laughs> yeah, why, why would you care? Why would you care about uh, me? Um, so well, yeah, I, I think it's stupid to ask like amateur musicians what their philosophy is on music. <laughs> Cause I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like they, they, uh, specifically me, like I wouldn't want to ask me what I thought about music. I don't care what I think. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like apt to disagree with you. Cause I feel like once you figured everything out, you, you kind of forget what the struggles are and what the pain points are and, and some of the most important things you've learned on the way up. Maybe if you're like Bruce Springsteen, but if you're like if you're somebody like um, like Dinosaur Jr., you know, didn't sell billions of records, you know, they're still working or the Melvins. Like if you if you talk uh, to them yeah. about the product, you know, like uh, like uh, they, I, I, they they probably have, are more in, in 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 reality, probably because they're touring. They don't make millions and millions of dollars every year. Yeah, at least you know not as much as like the big guys so i would i would and they have a lot of experience I don't, typically i mean there's few a few exceptions and hopefully there's an exception here but i i mean i do like talking to, with people about the music but like kind of the whole like yeah man it's about it's about expressing something it's like we're just here to see a cool show and if you're cool people yeah. like i'll follow you and like let's chill and let's hang and yeah. then if like you know if something is something if something is like good and it resonates with a lot of people then i think you can get like it you know something like okay what's what's going on behind that but if it's just like a good song that's on spotify it's like fairly niche like you know a few people like it has under like you know under like ten thousand plays like most of my stuff it's like uh you know there's not really a ethos guiding things yet there hasn't been enough success at least yeah I'm, you're I saying you're saying in terms here, of like, here I am. i'm like I'm like yeah. saying the musicians shouldn't these don't talk philosophy and music and stuff with musicians. And here I am. I'm like monologuing about. Yeah. Shit, yeah. So. You just gave us your old philosophy about music. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like I get what you're saying from like a point of view of like success. Like if you're trying to figure out how to, to be successful, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, go, go interview someone who has like millions of streams. Sure. But like, right. I think, I think you still have valuable insight to provide in mm -hmm. other ways. Like, um, like like where do you think art comes from do you think that comes from you uh, no i think it i think it's something and there's a distinction i think between wow i just like completely contradicted like oops, <laughs> I, i'm gonna get i'm gonna get kind of deep into something but i'm just only i'm only building it up as to, to put myself down like george carlin <laughs> talked about like high art and low art and he yeah. thought of comedy yeah. as a low art and we think oh george carlin he's like He's awesome. He's great. He has revelatory insight on stuff, and he and he does, but he views it as low art because he's just making people laugh. Yeah, and I think music, um, to a certain extent, at least rock and roll is a low art form. Hmm. Uh, some some levels of indie music, it, but that doesn't mean it's not good. It's not. 
it doesn't have value. It just means it's a little bit more base and it's a little bit more like not obtuse, but it's, it's, it's like definitely something that's like more approachable and is more cathartic. I think that's the main, it's like, it's more cathartic in the moment kind of, kind of stuff. That's yeah. what that is. But, but the high art is, you know, the orchestras and stuff. So shit that I, I can't really even listen to half the time, but I enjoy it. You know, like I, yeah. I, I, I'm can t- say it's like high art, you know, and some jazz stuff too, certainly is like, that's beyond me, man. I'll, I'm going to need a few years to get through that. That's how, you know, something is good when it, it mm. doesn't really click with you really at first, but you can sense that something is there. So that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's at least what I think about art. There's high art, high art, low art, and there's, definitely some like totally you know middle ground in there but and that doesn't mean the low like you said that doesn't mean the low art's not good it's just uh uh, something like an orchestra not only takes a a lot of coordination and effort but also takes effort to listen to it like you're saying exactly exactly yeah um so did you listen did you have music in the house growing up did your parents listen to a lot of music Oh yeah, uh, all the time. Um, my dad was a a musician, and um, yeah, pretty much just a genetic ge- genetic predisposition, I think, um, for better or for worse. I always wish I could play football or baseball, but I can't. <laughs> so I, c- I can only play guitar. That's that's a, I, I don't I don't really like view it as like oh it's cool that you play music. It's like nah, I'm just not that great at anything. Anything else? else? So, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, like I, you know, I'm a functioning human being. I have a job. I have certain other skill sets, but I'm not even remotely close to the best at any of that stuff. And the only thing I have a passion for is the one thing that I can do outside of, um, you know, my job. So it's like I'm, I'm very, very, um, very like uh, limited, at least right now, as far as my uh, my ability and, and my yeah, it's it, as far as like um. Because I think I think people should strive to to be everything that they can be that you know strongest, the best musicians, the best. And I'm and I'm not just talking about like I like there was there's a concept in feudal Japan that men would be warriors, but they would also be artists and musicians. Warrior you know, poet, like, yeah. Yes, that's. I mean, that's I, to me that's like the best thing you could be. It kind of they build off each other, right? Like they, they have, working, I, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, man. Well, you're you're a really humble, dude. You're just like, oh, my opinions don't mean anything. I'm. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to rope you in. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. <laughs> rope you in for the kill. You meet me in person. Oh. No, <laughs> well, um, Alice, thanks for coming. Uh, you walked in at a good time. Yancey and Cordy are here. Uh, Yancey's got a show coming up November 10th at the Cobra. Um, also got new music coming out. Uh, more details down the road on that um yeah uh where are you from originally um i'm from alabama okay and uh that's pretty much where i live right now i grew up in uh fayetteville tennessee like right above huntsville nice that's a good area i like i i am not a city person i i hate the city with a passion (laughs) um i i mean i would i could i would i could live in a city and enjoy a lot of things about it but there's just something so stuffy i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'm not a very you know extroverted person i like talking to people one-on-one mm-hmm. but i'm sure a lot of musicians can relate to that hmm. goes back yeah. to the george carlin thing you know people are beautiful individually but when they get in mobs they they want to they want to kill you 
I feel yeah. that, you know, I, I found myself like smoking cigarettes uh, for several years and it was an ugly habit. It's one of those where at first, you know, I picked it up probably just, 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 just to piss off my parents. Please don't let them watch this. But it, because <laughs> so I was a really good kid, you know, I got straight A's. I did everything they asked me and they acted like I didn't do everything that they asked yeah. me. And before I knew it, I found myself addicted, you know, mostly because I would go put myself in these social situations. And more than anything, I just wanted to step away and put myself in like a one on one social situation where I could just talk to like one person because it's it's so important to to find that scenario where it can can we just just have this us moment, you know, like and, and I feel like it's because you're expected as a musician to be this person that connects with everybody that connects with the crowd. And, and that's what we do, you know, on stage, but, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, you're just a person. And, and most of the time I feel like we're, we're introverted people who sit in our bedrooms and and write songs about, about our thoughts, because that's, that's where Mm -hmm. most of us live. Mm -hmm. What, What do you guys tend to, to kind of like prioritize though in writing? Is there like I talk to so many people and it seems like it's kind of like bullshit they say like oh I have a like a process and it's you know I kind of uh I take something personal and deep and I try to make it into something like it's it's we all know it's there's a spontaneous aspect to it and there really isn't yeah a lot of for at least for me it's never been like it's it's really intuitive for me too usually it's when I'm doing something else like driving or working I'll have something pop in my head and I'm like oh shit that's good yeah. It's, yeah. For me, it's very much the same. Very little. If I try to sit down and write something that's like that's different than it just coming to you. Right. What about I, you, Cordy? I don't have one set process. You know, I'll either be driving, like you said, or I'll be like in the bathroom at work. I'll have like like a couple of lines that come to me or a melody or or even just like like a set of like a symbolism, you know, like like some sort of like visualization or maybe um, just like a sound of like consonants, if that even makes sense. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really go off of like, a, oh, I'll, I'll let you finish that. I didn't interrupt you. Yeah, no, I don't even know how to put it into words. I'm just like, this is this is kind of like the, the <laughs> in my head. I'm like, it's it kind of sounds like it's supposed to sound like this. And I'll just go through it in my head and, until it makes sense. Every once in a while, I will sit down at my piano and I'll I'll come up with some chords and that's what drives it. That's kind of the rarity for me, but like that is how it happens sometimes. And I come up with some great stuff. And if I just, I'm like, I want to write something. And a lot of times I do just want to write something and I end up with good stuff, but I feel like the best things are the things that are just truly inspired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I don't think you, uh, like I have opinions on like copyright and stuff and how people like, big corporate like disney is abusing like copyright and stuff like that to just suck people drive their nostalgia from like money and the you know it's stuff like that so so going from that i don't really feel like we have true ownership of the songs not in like they 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 just belong to everybody you shouldn't get paid for it but just kind of like uh you know there's definitely some primordial some sort of underneath the surface uh mystery that that is driving people to create art Hmm. And I think it's God. I think it's search for how to make sense yeah. of things around you yeah. and how to contextualize it in a way that you can share it with people. Because, you know, you can tell somebody how you feel about something that, you know, that's existential or personal and it doesn't, 
you know, people listen, but you won't, you, when you, when you put it in the art form, you put it in a painting, you put it in a book, you put it in writing, poetry, um, music, it, it resonates differently and people will actually take it seriously. And that's why people are so weird because you can tell them things straight to their face and they don't, they don't understand. They understand it, but they don't in, implicitly understand things. And that's what's cool about art is that you kind of get to see things that you implicitly understand then be translated to other people implicitly understanding them along with you. And it's kind of a weird, it's a really weird thing. And that's why I think it, you should have kind of reverence for like, that's why I'm try, I, I'm not trying to like, I never have called myself like an artist. That's why I like that distinction of like ho, low art and high art, because, you know, uh, there's definitely things that resonate with people so much more greatly than anything I could ever make. And, you know, there've been greats and there will be other greats, but. Well, definitely you, don't, you know, don't swing the other way and undermine what you do though. Sure. Like there's sure. a lot of value in that, right? Sure. Yeah. And I'm, it's, I'm, and I'm kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of laying it on thick with the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cause I see, I see it so often. You, well, you know, you, you all, you both see this shit where it's like, you know, people are so awesome that they had a show where everybody sang along to one of their songs. It's like, that's cool. Can you, can you like make that translate into other things? Like in that, like, you know, maybe making money off of it or like actually being successful at it, you know, like it, people get a really big head by when they share the art and it's accepted in kind of in a in a you know in a kind of social way and i don't really i never really liked you know that i don't know if that makes any sense but it's might oh, just be the, the uh, might just be the loser introvert high school nerd in me <laughs> i i i was definitely a loser introvert high school nerd you know to the point yeah. where i i ended up you know like not dropping out of high school but withdrawing and like doing like a homebound program yeah and and i would say like i I definitely see where you're coming from, where some people take that success and they use it to elevate themselves above other people. But I don't I don't know that success needs to be about making money or, you know, making it your full time job. If that's what you want it to be, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think I find my fulfillment through music and I would never want to lay the burden upon music to make it my income because I would. I think that would steal the joy that I You'd get. Start to it. resent it. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it would, it would, it would take the fun out of it. I would, I would be stressed about it. And I, I stress about it enough, but I stress about it in a good way. I stress about it mm -hmm. in a way that propels me to work hard. And if I, I started thinking, oh, well, I, I need to make this my income. I need to be, I need to be reaching this many people. But, but to receive validation, to receive, you know, like, you know, some sort of social response. I, mm -hmm. I, I love that, you know, like coming off of a good show. I, I definitely am one of those people that, that is going to mm -hmm. ride that high for as long as I can, because mm -hmm. we're definitely going to get those lows. And I used to be one of those people that like clung to them and I let them drag me down. And I, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to choose to cling to the highs mm -hmm. and, and to try to brush off the lows as much as often, as often mm -hmm. as I can. And, to, to each their own on those philosophies, but that's, that's kind of mine. Yeah. But, but absolutely don't, don't be one of those people that, that takes those moments and, and uses it to, to be like, oh, well, I'm better than other people. And mm -hmm. this, this makes yeah. me better than other musicians. I would, I would, I definitely agree. I'm, I am one of those people that this is why I kind of like, so outwardly I'm like against stuff like that. If somebody does come up to me and they say, oh, they liked it. Like, I just like, 
I'm, you know, like you're going to make me cry, but you can't cry in front of people. That's stupid. But, uh, uh, but you, you don't want to, you don't want to let that, you don't want to let the warm fuzzy feeling you get from people validating what you do in the moment, like kind of, yeah, yeah. It could mislead you because sometimes people are just having a good night and they'll just, the worst song of your night they're like man that was that was awesome man or uh you know or you you have a really good night and you know people just aren't feeling it i don't know it's I, i'm maybe it may sound like i'm contradicting myself it's like it's some the good transcends the circumstances and it and it reaches other people and it re, and it people and when it does it people respond to it but it doesn't always i mean there's always exceptions there are great artists who stuff resonates with every single person that listens to it but they never got the you know the the push that they needed or anything like that nobody kind of believed in them but uh you know i and you can i guess you kind of tell i haven't like fully articulated these thoughts it's just kind of a rambling rambling i think that's that's how you find that's how we figure it out yeah Yeah. i think the conversation like this helps us do it too um i agree with you 200 percent. you know i've played some of my first shows before as somebody ever gave me a chance to play some of my best shows to date were at sports mm-hmm. bars and stuff like that where people don't want to see music especially mm-hmm. not the kind of music that I play and you know I would imagine not the type of music that you play because I've seen you play and you mm-hmm. know we could play the best set of our lives and they would be like are you done yet like can you turn it down I want to watch the game <laughs> And it doesn't matter what the fuck we do. They're not there to hear us play. So like exactly yeah. to your point, it's 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 not about us. So it does us no good to take it to heart. But like after those sets, like I just wanted to cry. I wanted to quit music. And you're exactly right. Like on nights like that, you got to just like not take it to heart because it's, it's about you. I will, I will, I will like kind of throw in that I've had so many of those like back before COVID in like 2019, I finally hit my stride. We we were doing like three hour cover gigs with the I was doing it with another band, and we were we were just you know we making good. It's like a side hustle at that point. It was like yeah. it was good. People didn't give a shit half the time, but with people, but that the thing was the you you'll have those nights where you, where people are telling you to turn it down and they hate you, but you're gonna walk away with money, and you're gonna walk away with a contact and your and stuff like that. So I don't usually let those get. Maybe I'm just a little bit more cynical, but like if somebody, if they're telling me to shut up and they're going to pay me to, to be, you know, say, shut up, turn it down. I'm pretty okay with that. Actually, it's kind of, paid. Big, kind of a so big funny joke. The venue, but the crowd hated you. Is that what you're saying? Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, crowd, I was paid like, by the oh, venue, but I refused to play covers. So I, I was like, oh, this is a real rough night. I made $7 in tips, but at the Ooh. time I was excited about that $7. <laughs> yeah early days so I have a, oh sorry no go ahead no no you go ahead Please. i have a really, a really funny story um yeah. i was doing a duo set probably a year and a half ago uh that was actually probably closer to a year ago it was closer to some place it was a bowling alley in in somewhere in buttfuck birmingham <laughs> um and it was uh it was usually a chill place but for some reason there was just, it was like during one of the sec games it was like alabama game or something so like nobody's there except like five people. Well, I mean, we're we're kind of dragging our feet to start, dragging our feet to get back started and stuff like that. And all, the whole time, the, the owner's saying like, "I paid you to to play for you know three hours or whatever." I own you. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I, you know, I'm a good southern boy. So I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. It, and honestly, I would rather scrub floors at that point than play to like people who are not. But but yeah. then, but then again, it's kind of like this guy's 
paying me and these people are like just you know like why don't we just mess around so we just start messing around you know having having fun with it it's like now it's just fun we're jamming on ideas we we have that haven't been flushed out and we're getting paid to do it uh but then this crew of about 10 guys like these factory worker guys that get shipped all around i don't know what the hell they do they they come in like with an one hour left of the set or like 45 minutes so it, it's it was really funny they come in they are they get they get hammered immediately and they they love everything we're playing and they are they are throwing like ungodly amount of tip money i don't i won't say i don't like talking about money even if it's not in not insignificant but it's like you know they're they're throwing like everything in there it was the, it all of a sudden turned around and became the best night ever and the highlight of it was one of them wanted me to play simple man and again that good southern boy mentality like he already paid us so much money i'll sing whatever you want me to sing man but i don't know the words and he and he held up his phone the entire time to hear us play that and it was we, we were just like an acoustic duo with you know just kind of cranked up pretty loud nice. that's what that was a memory and then we hung out and we uh now those are the experiences that i like in music where nothing is really going right and then all of a sudden it does go right and you actually have like you know at that point, it's not really, maybe I'm, I distinguish those from art in a huge way because we were just being entertainment for a night. Um, that's the kind, that's the kind of stuff that I like about the gigging is like the work ethic part of it. Like you got to get to the gig, you got to make people happy. You got to, you got to unload stuff. You got to handle all the logistics and, hmm. and I don't know, that was just kind of a fun story. I didn't really tie much into anything, but I, but yeah. I definitely loved those cover shows even though i uh nobody respond with responded to two or three original songs because it's not the crowd <laughs> but you get to an important story because you never know when that's gonna happen and like yeah. that's why you should treat every gig that way because not everybody's that vocal but you never know when when somebody in the crowd is vibing that you know and like like i talk, talked about that sports bar being like terrible for me and and the bartender told him to turn me down the bartender like that's not your job to tell the sound guy to turn me down but like there was this little table from iowa that ended up being like we loved you we walked in at the end of your yeah. set we you remind us of stevie nicks which is like an amazing compliment and like we we wanted to hear more you know and i cut my set short like mm -hmm. you know and if i had just like had some confidence in myself you know like it's yeah. it's stuff like that you know you 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 have to treat every show like it's your best show you know, right. you have to believe in the crowd and give them the For best sure. show, even if it's your worst show. You this is my to... last, and it, I'm sorry, that may, I, I keep interrupting, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's your show. Uh, no, it's not, it's y'all's show. <laughs> no, it's, it's your show. Whose show is it? It's... Uh, I, I, you reminded me of a funny show. anecdote. I, I had the same thing happen to me where uh, we, play, we played another bowling alley somewhere, except this is in a nicer part of the town. And um, the whole time we're, we're blaring, like we were just cranked up. And my, the drummer I had was an idiot at the time. He, I, no, he's not an idiot. But he was he was a bit you know, daft. He was a bit daft because uh, people would come, like we would take a break in between the set and some people who aren't associated with the place would come up to the drummer who doesn't know anything about the equipment that we're playing on. Like we had our own gear. He was just kind of along for the ride. And they're like, you need to turn down. And so he's like, I don't know what, like he didn't know what my levels were, our bass player or anything but they kept coming the, the funny thing is they kept coming to him and nobody came to me and it and it just kept getting worse and worse people started to walk out because it's like and then we're wondering like why are people walking out people are getting trying to get hammered in here 
and uh, it, it wasn't a, the night of a game or anything. And then uh, to cap it all off, we were playing in the middle of a song, and then all of a sudden we hear, shut up, shut up, shut up. And it's the bartender, this ridden hard woman. She was like, she was just, she looked like the world had chewed her up and spit her out. And she was just had enough of this uh, loud music. She, we were shaking the bottles off the back wall, apparently. And then we, we like, we messed with her the rest of the night. She was like, shut up, turn it down. So we played as quietly as possible. Like we, we whispered everything. We barely played a note. And we had not played that once. So that's hilarious. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I feel like I'm telling these stories and it's kind of like, huh, that's, that's, and then in my mind, I'm like, that was so crazy. It's, <laughs> it is. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I appreciate the story. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's so a pro trick right there. <laughs> I want to circle back. So you said something at the beginning about. Um, well, hold on. I don't want to interrupt you, Alex. But do you do? Do you have any funny anecdotes? It shows, like where something just goes kind of off the rails. Oh well, I'm not a musician. Uh, I've been to a lot of oh. shows though. I, I I'm a poet. I write fantasy novels and poetry. Oh well, sweet! What's the craziest shit you did while attending a show? I know you've done a lot it. of wild shows. You know, okay, so here's an That's anecdote. The that you remember. I've been to like a lot of like really rough metal shows, like at the end and like these little dive bars, right? And it's like, or like, you know, like Daikaju at Springwater, like some crazy shit, but the craziest pit. That shit almost got us shut down for the record. The craziest pit that i've ever been in hands down was dropkick murphy's because it was a bunch of old irish bikers yeah no hard harder than any metal show out there because it's a bunch of old bikers and kilts <laughs> fucking shit up you know why it was i was crazy. scared i was you know scared to be there because you, <laughs> you don't mess with irish people yeah you don't, you don't, you don't <laughs> got their luck I was at the wrong place, man. Like, I've been to some rough shit, but that was wild. Dropkick Murphys go hard as fuck, dude. (laughs) Hilarious. That's my that's my show story. What about you, Cordy? And then I got a question. Um, What's the craziest thing that's happened to you at a show? Craziest thing that's happened to me at a show? Uh, I I guess not that much life has happened to me in my 29 years. I'm really struggling here. Um, at one time at Memphis in May, which is always like tornado weather, this really isn't that crazy. Um, we were seeing like Hello Goodbye, like Flyleaf, My Chemical Romance. A drumstick flew through the crowd, hit me in the head, and like fell down my sister's shirt, like into her cleavage. Nice. And like, nobody even fought us for it. They were just like, it's theirs. That drummer had excellent precision. He was able to hit you in the head and get it into your sister's boobs all in one that what a a god who did that i don't i don't remember which band it was i think it might have been hello goodbye i think Hmm. it might have been hello goodbye huh so i want to i want to circle back because at the beginning you said something about um like like why would you why would you interview a musician who has like 100 subscribers about music uh industry and like yeah. how to do that. That'd be silly. But um, a lot of the things that I think about a lot 
are the kind of things that everyone has an equal footing of understanding on. So like, for example, if we start talking about God, I know as much about that as uh, a priest knows about that, or as a child knows about that. Like everyone knows the same amount about that because no one knows shit about it. That's where you're wrong. (laughs) You're the wrong guy. Yeah. I know more about God. You're right. Children, children, children do see all well, good. Well, well, good. That's what I was, I was going to ask you. So you, you said um, earlier that. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy, though, if you, like, miraculously interviewed somebody who literally, like, knew more about God than everybody. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, said, yeah, Talk to him five minutes before this started. Oh, well, I, here's the thing. I think I know quite a bit about it, but I don't. If you right. really, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's why I like I like to get different opinions about it. So you you earlier you said that you think um, that like art comes from God. So when you think about God, what do you what is that? What do you think of? I think of a guy with a beard on a cloud with a harp kind nice. of deal. I go old school with it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a good image. <laughs> I like that guy. Uh, uh, he he's everything and. Uh, He's within it. He's created it and removed from it. You know, very, you know, kind of a, a, I'm a, not, not spooky, but it's a very intimidating view of God. You know, he's, I definitely think that he cares and he's loving and he's, he's, uh, you know, with us. Um, I think that we are removed. Not, I don't like, you know, getting into like religious stuff necessarily. I like the abstract, but um, he, you know, there's definitely something that is making us removed from him. And I think it's, you know, it's, you know, indulgences or, you know, people, people killing people, yeah, you know, other, other things like that. So I, it's probably not the best setting to get into my, my, my uh, philosophy on God actually, because um, I, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, cool esoteric thoughts about that. <laughs> well, can I tell you what I think's going on? Sure. So I, um, I, so I, <laughs> one of the times that I did DMT, I was, oh, here shown, we go. I was shown this, but this is a drug trip. So who knows? Right. But I was shown that, um, in the beginning, God just kind of woke up like he, like it just out of nothing. And he's like, I'm so alone. Like I'm so alone. So he created life. So he could go down and pretend that he's people. He can pretend he's not alone. So I think every living person is actually God. Like the soul that's you is God. And the soul that's me is God. And the thing that makes us different is things we go through and our uh, biology. What do you think about that? Um, I call bullshit usually on any DMP. <laughs> because so many people go crazy on shit like that and i i I don't like my main thing that i'm learning really in life is that you you don't experience revelation through any sort of like indulgences whether it be like alcohol or drugs i think you learn it through Hmm. through some level of hardship that's when revelation kind of comes to people and um again i don't i don't I, i like i don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on that you know, as far as like, what do you think God is? Like, I don't, 
know what God is. No but one knows. I'm going to leave it to the scribes and the people who were here longer than us and, you know, actually wrote stuff down. I think, I think that's a really respectable point of view. Um, yeah, um, but I mean, I mean, you know, that's your perspective. If you if you took that trip and it felt real to you, you know, then oh well, then, I, mean, it's, I, mean, I wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't trying to say no, that. Like, no, 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 dude, you're totally fine. I wouldn't have asked you if yeah, I didn't want your opinion. So, like, um, but I was less so asking you about the DMT trip because I don't hold any weight in that either. That's a drug trip. Right. I don't think right. that means anything. But the philosophy, um, I think that's no, also that God is God so is. Yeah, so I would, yeah, I was raised really uh, religiously. I was a Jehovah's Witness, and I've read the Bible uh, from cover to cover. And mm-hmm. um, what I've realized is this is what Jesus is saying also. He's saying, I'm the son of God, which means I'm God, and I know it. I know I'm God. He's not saying I'm only God, though. That's where people get confused about it. He's not saying I'm the only God. He's saying you're God, too. So do what I'm doing. Wake up. And realize that you're God in flesh, and so that we not- can go wait. Well, I, I, I like um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me because wake up, we're all God, so that we can get back to square one, which is we're hmm. all alone, and then so we can come back down again. Yeah, and so, so we can discover that we're God, and then we can discover that we're alone again. Like it's kind of an endless loop yeah. that doesn't satisfy. It. So nothing is gained and nothing is learned. No, we're yeah, no, I. One. I hear you. So the came down here. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Sure. So so yeah. So come down here, forget, and it's like, why would we even want to remember if we came down here to forget that? Because the world is taking a dark turn. Because there's also a dark force, and if people don't wake up, then the dark force wins. There's a battle. That's why people. What does it mean if the dark force wins? Uh, We go to hell. Earth becomes hell. Mm. I I agree with that sentence we don't if we don't wake up and become spiritually conscious then we end up in hell what does it mean to be spiritually conscious uh to understand that you are god and to treat each other person like they are god why it's not individual to you because like i want to like this is my main problem with a lot of religious stuff it's like what's the moral imperative to do x you know Um, like well like well it was specifically with like you know religions that are like kind of like i don't know i feel like that's getting waiting in a whole political thing that i don't know anything about but like <laughs> basically I'm, I'm just basically just kind of like what's the uh what is the reason to be good um well what's that's the there's a <laughs> there's a yin and yang to it so there's the other side that says be evil um Why not uh, be evil? it's not even saying be evil it's saying put yourself above others whereas the other one says put others above yourself so it comes down to your ideals is the answer. Neither is neither. If you want to get down to it, neither is correct. Isn't, or both, both options are correct. That says treat, treat your neighbor as that you would treat yourself. Yeah. Well, if there's this, that's the thing I'm not understanding is, is that there's two options that are equally as valid. Why, why live at all? Well, isn't we don't really have way, is it, wouldn't it, wouldn't, isn't the fastest way to. I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you have that, you know, well, if we don't wake up, then the dark force, well, where does the dark force originate from? That's like, I'm, I'm not really good at elaborating my own opinions. I'm good at like, sure. trying to play well, no. and, and to be totally fair, I'm not doing, I'm doing a horrible job explaining it. So I uh. think there's, I think there's two forces and one didn't create the other. They both existed, but the one that we come from, it, you could call it a source of light perhaps, or not even light, but creation makes life. And it makes this sphere to inhabit 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's, you know, trying to not be lonely, trying to interact with itself. But there's mm-hmm. another force that was completely distant. It's like these two things are separate from each other. But then in this middle ground, they both can come into. So there's a dark force that enters in and corrupts this space that, that the light side created. Mm-hmm. Um, so there has to be, maybe not everyone, but some of the people have to wake up enough to defeat the evil, to confront darkness. So when we defeat the evil, what happens then? Um, to defeat evil, we don't really kill it, right? We give it a hug. That's how you be evil. You make it love. So, so then, it becomes, then the, it becomes the evil. It becomes good, and we're all just in paradise. Cool. <laughs> I'll buy so that ticket. I really didn't mean to go that deep on a tangent. My bad, man. Um, no, 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 no. Like I, I, I enjoy stuff like that. I would. I'm actually way more comfortable like IRL, like talking mm-hmm. about that kind of yeah. stuff because. I don't I like I feel like especially if um you know you could if like talking like especially in this like format like I can't really articulate what my thoughts are on it because it's going to sound like I like it's kind of it's going to sound like the first thing I said where it sounds like there's a bunch of contradicting things if you kind of think one way yeah and I definitely um, didn't mean to put you on the spot we talk about a lot of philosophy here and I just these are subjects I I think about this shit all the time dude and it like I can't stop it. It's like kind of a problem. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you hearing me out and like um, helping me kind yeah. of work out my own thoughts on it. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I think it's really cool because I'm, I'm, I put it up to God and, and I, I'll put it, I'll put the cat out of the bag here. I'm, I'm pretty much a Christian. Like I am, I am not in, and I, and I'll say that I'm Christian and somebody will think that I'm Catholic or they'll think that I'm Baptist. And it's like, I'm not any of those things. I'm Christian. Yeah. And I give myself up to Jesus Christ who died so that we would all be with God. And that's, and it's as simple as that. I, now there's a met, the metaphysical stuff. I don't really have a good answer on. No one does that. Me either. No one. All does. I know is, is, is what is, is that is the only thing that makes sense is that we were separated and in order to be reunited, we can't do it of our own virtue it has to be, an offering it has to be an act of mercy that's what makes the most sense that's why it makes sense to be merciful and to be good to others is because god did that for us hmm. so i'm and i'm and, and i'm i try i really try hard not to sound like a youth minister because there's so much stuff that gets lost when you try to make it a happy story about everything you know it like every you know it's like there's things we still don't understand but Totally. This is why I, I, if I was in person with you and we had a few hours, I would like, yeah. that'd be, that'd be something I could articulate because I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not an, a, an advocate, like advocate of just disavowing like esoteric ideas, because I think for the most part, people are, their their hearts might be in the right place. They're looking for meaning, but I think the meaning doesn't come from a, self, a satisfying answer. I don't think it comes from hugs and kisses and stuff like that it's it, there's some sacrifice that has to be made not not a human sacrifice in our day like a, in, as far as like relationally like with people but like um there was definitely there's definitely an uncomfortable aspect to 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 uh finding that kind of redemption and living yeah. a good a clean life and doing good things for other people because i'm definitely not I, you know like anyway i'm, I'm gonna stop rambling now <laughs> oh, you're, you're dude this is what we do here. We, we just ramble. 
Um, we don't have a lot of guests that you know presently identify as Christian, so I really appreciate. I get that. I, I get that vibe, and I and I, and, I, and I, 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 again, I hate to keep interrupting Cordy over here, but um, <laughs> um, we we had several just, Christians on Cordy. I actually, well, I mean, Danny's Danny's a theologian, um, but like, let me just break in and say I have a very deep appreciation for the Torah, um, like, and the Bible overall, the New and Old Testament, um. Uh, where I where I get frustrated, and not I'm not talking about you at all, but when I get frustrated with people is um, a lot the the complete lack of understanding of scripture. Yeah. Um, not yeah. understanding at all, and um, but but what's there? So like people to point to the pyramids is like how could people have ever have done that? It's so magnificent, and I agree, it's crazy. But to me, the Bible is even crazier. Like how the fuck did people do that? Like it's so dense and there's so much going on in it. But anyway, <laughs> I just want to say like, I, I have a healthy respect for scripture. I just, I hate cool. what like the, the, the popes and the, the, the mega churches have done to Christianity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I, I only kind of hold back just cause I don't like, again, like you come out, you say you're a Christian, you know, like I, like, I don't want people to think that I'm like some sort of Catholic dogmatic person or like a Protestant kook or something like that. You know, it's, it's, I, feel you. It, I was, I was raised church of Christ. And I think we all understand the phrasing, you know, like just, just because you're in a church, you know, it doesn't make you a Christian. Same as, you know, being in a garage doesn't make you a car, you know, there's, there's, speak there's for yourself. I am a car. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a car when I'm in my garage. Hey man, do you have any ghost stories? me yeah i don't know what Those about real. i think they're <laughs> demons man well when i say well when i say ghost what i mean is have you ever seen something you can't explain yes out of the corner of my eye i'll see something move shadow like, figures. no not not shadows it's legitimately a thing that is moving out of the corner of my eye and when i move like it's gone like mm -hmm. i've noticed that for the past few months but I found out it was my hair because I've been growing it out. So it freaked yeah, me out. I'll be outside <laughs> and like my hair or something attached to my body will touch me and I'll jump. And I'm just like a very like fidgety individual. I, I do have a common ground question. Um, so, so you talked a lot about hard work. Um, we're all from the South here, you know, Mississippi, Alabama. Um, oh yeah, brother. Is there a particular, you know, struggle in your life um, that, was instrumental to your music or your personal growth that that you that you can call back to that that changed you or or your work in a particular way not having a girlfriend <laughs> oh come on sixth grade <laughs> oh come on getting None rejected by girls as grade. a prepubescent right. teen all of us were rejected by girls that is a serious way. answer courtney <laughs> it is that's, we were, that's every single one of us was rejected by girls in sixth grade <laughs> well it hurt me more <laughs> yeah no, uh, can i can i can i like regress the conversation you were talking about the torah i thought that was yeah. really interesting what have you ever read the talmud um no Oh man, I'm a I'm a very little bit familiar, but I have not read it. Talmud is messed up. You really? think the Old Testament is you don't like you think the like God's kind of crazy in the Old Testament. If you think I don't understand that, you're not gonna understand the Talmud. 
that stuff is messed up. You know about some of the apocrypha, like the Book of Enoch? Uh, Book of Enoch? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sort of familiar with it, and then like other books that were like that are not in the Bible, like Maccabees and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't have an answer for that. I haven't read Enoch. I've read a little bit of Maccabees, and best I can tell, it like there's an, a reference to purgatory or something like that. And you know, Catholics are mad about that. For Protestants, like you took out pur- purgatory, you took out the one way we can make money off of people. Um, yeah. You know, in the afterlife. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely against kind of like institutionalism as a as a way of like saving people. I, that's that's definitely not something I agree with. I don't, you know. But uh, anyway, I didn't. I, I just curious if you'd read the the Talmud. Oh. It's messed up. It's it's messed up. A lot of like, man. There's so there's um. Have you ever heard of gamantria? It's like this ancient Hebrew numbering thing, and basically a lot of ancient hebrew texts including the torah are like if you convert hebrew letters into numbers mm-hmm. it's codes like it mm-hmm. breaks down into codes so it's like it, it's so fucking it's so fucking deep like that's crazy they were on some crazy shit man and i don't i don't think like they were tapped into something i don't think that came from people Yo, tap in. That's <laughs> they, they probably were, man. Like the people who I, I just it's, it's so crazy to think about like this. I, I don't mean to get off topic again. Like I'm probably like the worst person to talk to. We go on so many tangents, but like, dude, this is how we like, do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you think you don't have a reference point for like your grandparents, uh, you know, and like their way of like, why do they say the words that they say and act the way they act? They're so kooky and weird, uh, you know, it's just whatever. But then you think, but take, let's take that to like 3,000 years, 4,000 years, however many years you, you're reading like ancient text, you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading even the New Testament and stuff like that. Um, it, I think that's where a lot of people get lost is like, you kind of not taking into account that you have no real social context for yeah. the words being spoken and how they're being said and and things like that. And, you know, I, and this, you know, won't make it like a Bible study. Thing. I, just, I just think that's really funny because that's how I treat people now is is like i don't have the social the uh context for where you're coming from so i'm not going to like act any sort of way i wouldn't act to a person who's in my life regularly you know it's like you got it's all like a lot about perspective and you know you can you can point fingers at people in history for bad things that they've done but i kind of don't i kind of don't do that just because you know if you were in their shoes you'd probably do the exact same thing yeah, and that's not to cope and say that, oh, it was actually cool what they did. I think we're like, there's several things you can point to in history where it's like, oh, that was bad. They did a, uh, bad. But, but then again, you, you don't, you don't, again, you don't, the human experience is such that it's, it's a mess of emotion and it's a mess of circumstance and things like that. You think you're on the side of the, the, uh, you know, the thing and you're actually on the further side of the most logical thing to do at that point in time. But you have no way of knowing because you're a human with limited perspective oh totally yeah but they uh they did a study at stanford where um they got a bunch of people and they put them in um like rooms with buttons Mm -hmm. and it's like they had a dial on the button and it's like you hear you have a headset and on the other end you can hear someone and they're like okay there's someone in chair and you're electrocuting them and it's like so i'm gonna stand here and i'm gonna tell you okay give them one and then you hit the button 
and you hear them like, ow, that hurts. And then it's like, okay, now give them, yeah, now give them a five. And then people would be like, are you sure? And it's like, yeah, do it. And it's like, well, it seems like he's in a lot of pain and it's like, do it. And so they do it. And it's like, you'd hear screaming Mm -hmm. and it was a test to see how many, like, will you go all the way? Will you take it all the way to the end? And a lot of people Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And the experiment was to show that if you were a Nazi in Germany, you would do exactly Mm -hmm. what you were told. Mm -hmm. Well, more so like a test on like, you know, people's like, you know, submission to authority figures, but, but yeah. It actually was directly correlated to um, like Nazi um, officials. Like the yeah, people. they didn't pay me to take uh, the dial-up all the way on for that test either. Say what? <laughs> this is a terrible joke. This is why I hate Zoom. All your joke, all my jokes don't land because I can't tell if I'm just not funny or if it's a signal. So my brain is going to cope and say it was a signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a signal. It's a signal. Come to Nashville. <laughs> so I want y'all's opinion, you know, because that was considered to be an unethical experiment. And I don't consider it to be unethical because nobody was actually shocked and nobody was harmed and nobody put a gun to anybody's head and made them turn the dial. Nobody was pressured to deliver the shock. People just felt badly about the thing that they did because somebody told them to do it. And like, maybe you should feel bad. In the case, in the case of soldiers, they had to do stuff because they They did, but not, not in that experiment. They were just I think they were paid to participate in the experiment and because an authority figure told them to deliver shocks to somebody, they, they oh, felt like an authority figure, but people were was saying it? it was unethical because these people uh, yeah. underwent, you know, psychological duress <laughs> because they thought they were harming another person. Okay. You fucking snowflake. That's it. That's a fucking situation <laughs> where it's okay to call somebody a fucking yeah. snowflake. Eat it, libtard. <laughs> Like, like you, you're actually like you're literally a fucking snowflake. Are you a lip if, if you're saying that you're psychologically harmed because you thought that you were hurting somebody because somebody in a lab coat told you to shock somebody and you could leave at any time, but you wanted your fifty fucking dollars or whatever it was, and you didn't say no because somebody in a in a fucking lab coat was like, "All right, keep delivering the shocks." What if they were and really poor, Courtney? Screaming in another room. If it was Bill Nye telling you to kill this Jewish person <laughs> in the experiment, would you say yes or would you say no? He's like, there's, there's a science, there's, Courtney. There's like, a science. fucking spine and like turn the fucking doorknob. You're not locked in there. It, but I like, love science. I love science. Science. Do it. I freaking science. love science. Hey, I, know the I love science Ethan's too. Here. And that's why I'm saying it's not an unethical experiment. So, Ethan, do you love science? Nobody was harmed in this experiment except apparently the fucking snowflakes who said that it psychologically harmed them. Cordy in this concentration camps. Cordy in these concentration camps. Do it, snowflake. <laughs> do it, snowflake. Do it. I took a social psychology course and we studied these things. <laughs> I'm sure, she's not, I'm sure she's just a nice person who wants to kill her dog without implicating herself. I don't want to kill my dog. I just said that maybe if he like choked a little bit in the middle of the night and he was an asshole, I wouldn't get up. Isn't that exactly what Hitler said about the Jewish people? 
That's what he said. No, if they choke a little exactly bit in the night. If they choke a little bit in the night, I don't hear anything. That's what he said. If they went away, if they went away, that would be nice. Ow. I said glass of juice, not gas the juice. <laughs> most under most misunderstood man in history. For the record, he hurts me way more often than I hurt him. And Ethan's a nice person, so he'll corroborate my story. Kujo I'm noticing a pattern with this, with this podcast. We keep falling back on Hitlerian logic. What? I already made out to be the villain, but like honestly, I get hurt way more than I hurt people. You sound like the Joker. You sound like Hitler. <laughs> you know what? Like I haven't been told I have a Joker smile. Dude, the Joker. Did y'all did y'all like that movie when it came out? I thought it was awesome. I actually Joker, I liked it. Joker was fucking great. Awesome. Best I've, DC movie out today. Yeah. There, did you see they're making a second one? You in my table. This is why I threatened to kill you. Yeah. Isn't Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn or something? Fuck that know, Italian bitch. It's gonna be a musical, and I'm actually super hyped for Joker the yeah. musical because it's such a fucking troll. It's actually perfect because it's the Joker movie, and you know it's gonna oh. piss people off. So it's perfect for Joker. Yeah, it, it's pissing me off. Things. I want a real Joker movie, not some musical. I'm Joker a doesn't boy. give a fuck what you want. <laughs> I'm a fanboy. <laughs> I want Joker too. I want him to kill uh al pacino next in the sequel oh, wow why al pacino we're gonna kill the batman um <laughs> 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 uh, yeah uh what do you think happens after we die uh heaven or hell hmm. what is what do you think that's like and i know you don't have any answers but what do you think intuitively what i think what i think is like sensory deprivation tanks is what hell is going to be like okay i like sensory deprivation tanks it's going to be like it's it's do you think about hell as is like you think of god as matter he's good he's the universe he is everything and then you think of the devil as antimatter, and hell is as anti-matter anti-being what's it what's it like to sense anti-being What's it like to sense not being alive and everybody else not being alive? It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be more psychological than anything. That's not to say you won't probably won't feel intense pain, but I think the point is that it could it's so unbeyond it's so beyond anything you could comprehend. But that's the that's the flip side of it is paradise is like so far beyond anything you could comprehend too, because there's that there is a reference to the New Testament where where it talks about a day and heaven is a thousand years in in the eyes of man so you can kind of extrapolate that to like even dimensional aspects of it like we see things in three dimensions but we know there's like four or five right something like that you know that we can't see and perceive you know think about think about being divorced from material the material world that's got all its hang-ups and stuff and heaven is probably like a thousand dimensions mm. there's like millions of things to perceive and that you're perceiving them all at the same time you know that's that's just like my kooky theory no um, yeah it's, it's probably outside of time girl when you said a thousand dimensions because i don't even know what that is but i want to see it yeah I, exactly <laughs> so, i have a a weird theory about like god and dimensions and stuff yeah in my mind if 
God is what is said in the Bible, it would be like a giant space worm, but not in like a blasphemous sense. Like in the fourth dimension, it, you're spread out infinitely, like forward and backwards, like a straight yeah. line inside. I'm following. I like this. So fifth dimension would be above that, but the way we per- would perceive the fifth dimension would be like how a dot would perceive the second dimension. So right. above that in the sixth dimension would be where God would reside. And it would be, a, a to us, we, we would be able to perceive it as a worm, but like a slice of a worm rather, because we would only be able to perceive in the third dimension. Hail the well, mighty worm God. Hail the oh, mighty yeah. worm God. The, the, one of the interesting things, he, he's, on, uh, he's on, on something there because uh, in the Old Testament, when God enters the atmosphere, it's just cataclysmic reaction. It's just storms and it's things. And, you know, people people can look at that as like God is like trying to scare people or something. But there's, it's it bring, bring up a great point about the, the, you know, the wormhole and the dimensions and stuff like that. It's like, well, what if it what if this is just he literally resides in another dimension and we're just so low that he's literally reacting with everything. And that's, that's not to say I think he puts God in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a glass and look at him, you know, under a microscope. Right. I think that defeats the point, but that is definitely the, 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 it's the way that makes more sense to me to look at it like that. I like that. So, I like, I agree. Like worm God. Worm God theory. Worm God theory. I'm good. I'm the originator of that. So when that spreads, trademark, you'll heard it first from me. It's it's gonna take you. A I'm minute stealing that. I'm stealing it and I'm using it to make money. Making a cult today. Good luck. <laughs> what just what'd you say, Courtney? I said I researched trademark law today. It's gonna take you a minimum of twelve to twenty four months to prove that, and you have to like get an ID dot me and like upload your ID and like good luck. Good well, luck. you might as well pay somebody $750 to do it for you. Never mind. I'll, exactly. Uh, exactly. I'll Let somebody right. steal it. Let them do it. It's not worth the trouble. Worm got worm worm gird. <laughs> worm gird. Worm gird. Just write a song <laughs> called Worm Gird and put it on Spotify. It's easier. Hey, how old are you, Yancy? How old do I look? Uh 24. Huh? 22. 24. I'm going with 27 because I go for accuracy. 27? Am I wrong? Do I look like I'm 27? Do I look like I'm 29? Now I'm not going to tell you because you still look like I'm 27. Okay, I guess I am wrong. I'm sorry. I think Ooh. I look like I'm 23, but apparently I'd be big wrong. Okay, you're 23. Sorry, Bay. 19. You're 19. Get no, you're not. You played at Springwater. You know, I lied to them too. You can't lie. Well, I had a reason for asking you. My door, they don't play. <laughs> okay, we're going with 19. Is you're that being mean to me? I'm 24. 24. Oh, I was on the money. Yeah. I should. Yeah. I should yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever. I gotta go do I'm the old. prices right. They don't play. I'm gonna go play. I'm old. TV sports games or the show game thing, game shows. <laughs> there you go. Guessing Alex shit. Alex Trebek, 
um, it's Twin Towers, Steve Harvey, Israel. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I was asking, do you have any advice for um, kids, like how to how to learn how to play an instrument? Because like there's so many distractions nowadays. Um, I would say don't play an instrument. Oh, don't just give up. No, uh, they 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 should definitely uh, ask their parents to hire a teacher. That's what I think. Oh, good. That's actually good advice. I think because I don't teaching yourself is fine. That's how rock and rollers do it. But rock and rollers suck, dude. Like we need people who can actually read music and people who can have access to music history, see the different genres around the world, like see see the great works from civilizations gone and, you know, carry on that, not carry on some sort of, uh, you know, at, you know, cool subculture of like American music you know, or, or English music or like rap or or rock and roll, you know, they, I mean, they can do whatever they want, but I feel like what I definitely would love to do and, you know, is just be able to have time to, to dive deeper into musical history and see, and not, not even this, it's too late for me to learn music because my brain is starting to calcify. No, but not, um nah, nah, it's never too late dude. Right but, out of your water with the, that's what they told okay me. now this is the other thing i'll push back on let's get into more controversial stuff yes life, life ends after 22 there is nothing new everything's <laughs> rehashed everything's a rehash um no I I'm, 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 I'm 24 i'm 24 roughly 28 i'm 26 I, my life started it <laughs> My life started at like 18, so I was. My, I, I have had Look, more life between 28 and 29 than I have my whole life. You're lying to them. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna give I you a book to listen to because you care about music and like honestly, there are so many greats who who release their biggest hits after 30, after 40, after 60. Oh, true. But I'm just talking about in general, like nothing new is presented to you after 22. It's just kind of like the same thing barring barring some some catastrophically consequential thing like success and other things like that so many people's lives just become a rut of the same thing after 22 and if i honestly i've seen i have friends and i'm not look everybody everybody's different everybody's unique everybody's a little snowflake in this in this country these days i'm wrong telling you what like cordy says cordy (laughs) we won't get into her and her beliefs her esoteric beliefs about Right. Gas what chambers and whatnot, moral what or not moral. What yeah. About Willis? Yeah, let's keep it tame. We won't get into that. I'm trying to get. We won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I have friends who are older, and I'm not going to say their names in case they're watching. They're not watching this far into this. They're lazy. Um, yeah, they, no one watches this show. <laughs> no, I mean, the, 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 my friends are specifically not going to watch me on anything. So, hmm. but. I know the worst. Talk shit about them because they ain't watching anyway. Exactly. That, there's nothing bad about talking crap about somebody as long as you would say this to their face, which I totally oh, true. would. Strong believer in that. And the, yeah, and they're. The, I mean, it just seems like they keep doing the same thing. They just keep doing the same thing over and over. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, do that, do that business thing, or I, or I'm gonna do the. And it just, it's like it's, it comes in cycles of like two years. They they do. They have this two year cycle of life where they have a relationship or something like that you know something happens or 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 even just like work like it's it can be different things but there's usually like a two-year cycle or something like that and i'm probably just talking out of my ass at this point but this is just my experience with the uh, people who are a little bit older i like to call them millennials now that if you want to get into my real 
any real bigotries that I have, it's against millennials. I'm an elder millennial. Don't talk about us. <laughs> Leave us our doggos alone. Like, huh? We leave our doggos alone. We did a thing today. <laughs> Adulting's hard, man. There's only there's only two things I hate in this world, and that's racists and the Dutch. But uh, they make good ovens. I get the joke. <laughs> but doesn't that make you? Because that's it's okay because it's a quote from a movie. Oh, it's okay. okay. That's not how that works. All right. Here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> Hitler logic. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else said it, so I don't mean it. It's not. I don't know. I, I agree with you. People generally do get stuck in cycles, but like when people get stuck in cycles, like I've I've learned to just kind of give them their space. I don't ever want to kind of right. define somebody's cycle for them because I've had my cycle to con like kind of defined for me and I don't I don't ever want to make somebody a self-fulfilling prophecy because I I feel like that kind of just confirms their ending for them and I I think that people have the potential to change that I really do mm -hmm. I think that's why you should give them shit though yeah, yeah, you yeah. Give them shit, you knock them out of their routine dude what are you doing what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, for sure. For sure. What the fuck are you doing is helpful. That is helpful. But telling somebody, oh, this is what you are. No, no. You know, telling somebody this is what you are. This is who you are. That isn't helpful. That is that is trapping them in old patterns. Don't tell me what know? to do. That is, that is stopping Don't them from, from becoming somebody new. You know? Yeah. Like I, I'm going to tell people on the street who they are. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I was somebody who trapped that that was no good for okay. me for, for six plus years. I ruined my fucking 20s. And then in the worst pandemic that this that our generation has seen, I set my whole fucking life on fire. I decided to pursue music. I wrote and recorded an album in two fucking months. And I am living my best life as I approach 30 rapidly. And I'm a whole new fucking person. I'm happier than I've ever fucking been. And so I, I kind of have a whole new perspective. I believe people can change. Do they often? No, but I believe that they can. So I don't ever want to be the person that tells somebody they can't change because I don't want to be the person that stops somebody from changing. I do. I don't want you to get better. I want you to stay how you are. Um, how many of your younger or old, older friends, rather? Um, how many of them have gone through like divorces or like major like house split ups? How many uh, of them in their fucking life? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know people I, I don't, younger than twenty two that have ever had. So Yancy, I think you just you need to do more drugs if you're bored. That's what you need to do. I don't. I don't, do I don't. If you're bored, just go do that. mushrooms. This show is my drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go. You're it's my like, drug, Nancy. There's you're like there's you no like, influences and I love you. You're, you're over here like you don't even know me, no, man. There's no I'm new dark. life it's experience. So much, darker. It's so much darker than I let on in this show. Maybe oh, I'm not I'm as like, dark as you think. You're all like I'm so dark. Dude, you seen Joker? I'm like Joker two and three. Joker. I haven't seen Joker. Wow. That's edgy, bro. You think I'm, I'm edgy, but I ain't. 
Um, not fuck. What was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. Your Joker. Your Joker too. Why so serious? <laughs> I'm birds of prey, bitches. I got that... gonna kick you in the face. I played dirty. Isn't that, cra- Isn't that crazy that guy got an Oscar for just being like quirky? <laughs> like, the real bad guys are society <laughs> it's like we know but now it's every other tiktok they gave him an oscar because he was a junkie <laughs> he's they not acting a- he's not acting that's just how he is so that, that guy's a piece of shit. He just kills himself, leaves behind his, like his girlfriend, his daughter. Let's go back like, to let's go back to your your twenty four, and you don't think there's any more future life experiences to be had, but you've never, but you've never chopped your arm off. You never tried that. You've never. That's done, what I'm saying. Besides, you've never done meth before. Have your parents died? Huh? You get stuck in a cave. Huh? 27 hours it's a movie where a dude like cuts his arm off because he's oh. stuck yeah yeah it was awesome yeah you could try that see that would be a new experience so, <laughs> so mean all of a sudden yeah why don't you try chopping your arm off no 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 okay bad ex- my bad bro bad example i mean like you could try black tar heroin or like snorting gravel don't listen to him don't listen to him and they don't like you no more <laughs> as long as you're paying for it you know we'll do whatever this show wants me to you do. could you gonna, could try you okay, could try buying a tank drum and making some magnificent sounds yeah. cordy gives better advice than alex don't <laughs> listen to what he tells you no i'm just saying there's more experiences to be had, man. I'm just there's saying. a lot of experiences there's, there's a lot of life out there not all of the experiences are good ones the, the experience that's what i'm starting to find you can you guys can only keep name off like what if your music blows up or you chop your arm off or you die i said to you buy could die. it you could die. that would be a new experience <laughs> don't do that don't do that See? there's plenty out there these you millennials man like life has so much to offer you could chop limbs off your body <laughs> well have you ever been bungee jumping no go do that I've also never worn tassels on my nipples, so I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. <laughs> have you ever won? Have you ever gone two point seven seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu? I feel like that's a reference to something. I went skydiving. I went rocky mountain climbing. I went two point seven seconds. Have you ever like sliced zucchini into red pepper hummus? Because I promise you, it's like very delicious. And like I'm showing my age here because this is my idea of a good time. I'm very yeah. old. Yeah. Wow. Zacking. My my idea of a good time is like deep conversations with uh, friends. We don't have that here. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Are you saying it's we're a not deep conversation talking about hummus and chopping our arms off? <laughs> no, I'm talking about chopping zucchini and dipping it in hummus. Let's see, let, let's see how much your arm in, in, in hummus. That's Me not too. tasty. Now we're getting some work. Hey, take another shot of that whiskey and see. We'll see what great ideas she comes up with for life. Yeah. These are good ideas. Reach further if you cut off your arm, you can reach further into the dip. So if it's like way over there, you've got like an extra arm's length to dip with. I'm questioning the logistics. 
Mr. Brightside, Mr. Silver. I mean, it's Lider. not a good idea, but yeah, if you cut off one of your arms, in theory, before you died, you could grab your arm with your other oh. arm and reach farther for the hummus. But like, it's it's simply a better <laughs> idea to get up and grab your hummus and bring it closer. That wouldn't be as epic. And then you don't get the sweet death after. Yeah, just then you don't get the get dip death. Dip just death. dip your zucchini slices in your spicy red pepper hummus. It's tasty, Alice. So what do you guys think of Andrew Tate? <laughs> Dude, I've only known him from me. So we um on on uh, the hundredth episode of this podcast, we did it on 9-11 on purpose. <laughs> and only semi on purpose. I did it on purpose. You but, did it on purpose ish um but uh, we 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 wrote fan fiction between Gollum from lord of the rings and captain planet um like erotic fan fiction and it ended with andrew tate (laughs) um what do i think about andrew tate um in what way just in like general thoughts anyways (laughs) What what do you think about him would you pull him out from under a uh a wrecked car um yeah i mean if i was strong enough would you pull uh, him out from under tower seven um no, i'd probably run away i don't know that. i would get in there before the charges went off because i just would, couldn't hard. live with myself <laughs> i would have exactly. you, know, you know if i was there uh-huh. i would have single-handedly disfused everything you know like but Dude, George Bush wouldn't have been able to commit 9-11 if I was alive. Well, I mean, I was alive, but I was like three. Yeah, the way I kicked well, off. The, I was strong enough. We, uh, the way we kicked off the episode the other day was I was like, hey, Alice, um, we're brought here on an important day. It's the memorial of the time that our own president um, killed a lot of our own people. Very true. Uh, I'm, I'm about to have to dip out. Let's go yeah, hardcore man. into this 9-11 thing real quick. Yeah, I'm yeah, just going to throw it out there. It, it was There was the uh, the clean break memo written by Israeli uh, intelligence, Mossad, that, that pretty much laid out all the invasion plans that America would do after 9-11 and all this other stuff. The people who owned the towers took out insurance policies for the towers themselves uh, when on the, on the uh, on like a uh, the, the, the plan that they bought specifically noted if it is hit by flying objects or something like that, that the towers are brought down by planes or something like that, they'll be awarded like several million, you know, billion dollars or whatever, however much they're worth. And um, all the all these other people, all the people, the executives at the tower were, were conveniently sick that day. There the building was, was filled with asbestos. Yeah, I mean, and all sorts, all sorts of other stuff. I don't believe for a for a second that planes brought down that um jack fuel uh, can't melt steel beams that's i mean that's that's the main cope, amazing band dude that's the have meme. you seen have you seen the 20 dollar bill trick where you can fold it and it's the two towers yes that's that's so crazy i'm it, a huge they believer printed that in, in 98 dude that I'm, I'm such a huge believer in ritualism that elites participate in because yes. I think there is some sort of subliminal power and stuff like that because uh-huh. we don't live we don't live in a good in a you know necessarily good place and I think you can there's some power that can be conjured up by this big symbolism and stuff like that that's magic brother that's what magic uh, it's is. something it's yep. something it doesn't make sense so it's, therefore it, it's evil <laughs> well you're but absolutely no. right man you're 100 percent right so 
I'm, well, I'm glad we're all in agreement on 9 11. Yeah. That's a good note to end it on. Yeah, Bush did 9 11. Alice, go check out Yancey November 10th at the Cobra. It's going to be a hell of a time. I'm going to buy you a drink, man. Let's talk more conspiracy shit. Dude, let's do it. We, we'll, we'll talk everything. We'll talk about Andrew Tate and we'll talk about, you know, talk about all sorts of stuff. So thanks for having me on, guys. This is cool. This is cool. I got to sit out here in the ocean and talk to, uh, talk to some cool strangers. Yeah, catch us next time, Alice, Thank where we cut off Yancey's arm and feed him gravel. It's so good to see you again. Don't do that. I'm counter-signaling that. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> see you. All right. Catch you later, guys. Have a good night, Alice. Bye. Bye.